God, I just feel the holiness of the Lord right now. Just for the holiness of God. I felt that earlier in worship. It was like, don't miss Jesus. Don't miss him. He's here. But we know he's always here, but there's a reality that we can miss, we can actually miss him. And I don't want you to miss him because he his holiness, I just feel it. So I just want you to engage with the Lord. Your holy God. Your holy Lord. Your holy God. You're beautiful, Jesus. You are beautiful. That when you're lifted up, you draw all men to yourself. We don't draw the people you do, Jesus. It's you, Jesus. It's you, Jesus. Lord, I think that you're drawing people to yourself, God. gets nervous for me. You can hear her a little louder right now because she's nervous for me. That was that look that I just gave my mom. She gets nervous for her daughter. Wants her to do well. So she goes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, mom. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, for praying mamas. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Oh, thank you, God. Barb, I love you. I love that woman. Who doesn't, right? Sorry. These these mics and runny noses don't work well. Thank you, Richard, for being awesome. Um, That's kind. Thank you. Thank you very much. Holy Spirit's like a dove. We don't want to make him go away. Thank you, Lord. I love... I love Jesus and I love his bride. I love Jesus and I love his bride. And I have just felt this call of him. It's like he is purifying his bride. I feel it so strong. It's like this reverent fear of the Lord where he's purifying his bride and he's calling his bride to him. And I just believe that he's waking up the church. He's waking up the church. 
setting us free of ourselves a lot of the time is what it really is. So I'm thankful for women like Barb who pray and pray and pray and are so tuned into his voice and are so sensitive to what he's doing and being obedient. That woman has blessed my life. She has blessed my life. She's poured into me in ways. She's called out things I didn't even know were happening, felt crazy. And then as she was praying, she spoke it out. And that's the beauty of the body of Christ. Um, You'll get to hear a fun story about that. I'll share a testimony. But I'm just so encouraged with what the Lord is doing. I mean it when I say what a time to be alive. I mean that when I say what a time to be alive. Um, So wake up. (laughs) Let's be alert talk about that all throughout the New Testament too. Be alert! Don't they? Don't they, Nathaniel? Be alert! Be alert! Last night with our youth, it was beautiful. We met outside and we're we're sitting around the fire pit. Jared got that all ready. Radical servant. And so we're, we're just reading our Bibles. We just sat in a circle and we started reading our Bibles and it's beautiful what happens when we fill ourselves with the word of the Lord it's beautiful what happens so afterwards we start praying and like I said we're just there on the sidewalk start praying for Nathaniel for healing first of all next thing you know he falls out on the sidewalk there like bless him God then we just feel the Lord moving. It was one of those moments where sometimes you feel God moving, sometimes you don't, but you just go by faith. It was like, I feel God right now. Praise the Lord. Next, then Isaac's there. We pray for Isaac. Where are you, Isaac? I saw you earlier. There you are. Pray for him. He falls out on the sidewalk. It's just beautiful. God's, he's with us always. You're never alone. That's the biggest lie. You are never, ever, ever alone. You're never alone. It's beautiful because these students, so it's fun, you know, seeing the Lord move like that. But they they start asking questions. They're like, I I feel this peace. I feel this. I'm like, well, that is the presence of God that's real. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. They start talking about it more. We start praying for Christopher, Taylor's little brother. And we're just sitting in this circle just talking. Like, it starts to get dark. I have this picture that's just precious. Uh, We're talking about the Lord, who He is, the power of His Word, getting His Word, getting His Word. And Christopher goes, I just, I just want to like yell Holy Spirit. We're like, let's do it. Let's just yell Holy Spirit. So with this little group of us sitting there, we go, Holy Spirit. So great. And then he goes, I just, I just want to read my Bible. I, I want to, I just can't wait to go home and read my Bible. I was like, do you want to read mine now? And he's like, yeah. So it's like too dark to be able to even read it. So we're grabbing a flashlight, like shining on it. Nathaniel got a picture it's just precious like Jesus is so real he's so real he's so beautiful Woo. glad we started talking about peace I left my phone somewhere did I 
coming over here? That's helpful. Let's talk about the peace of God. First of all, I'm going to read Hebrews 4.12. It says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Thank you, Jared. Good. This verse has become so real to me. I read that before, and it's like, yeah! Word of God is alive and powerful. We love saying that, don't we? We're like, woohoo! Okay, it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It's cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So the Word of God actually has the power to reveal my innermost thoughts, desires, and motives. The Word of God has the power to do that. And I have experienced it! Praise the Lord! And it's brought so much freedom um, to the point of where I'm sitting there and I'm reading my Bible, just casually reading my Bible. And then all of a sudden, as I'm reading this scripture, the Lord starts showing me motives about a mission trip that I went on. I wasn't thinking about it. It was a mission trip from six years ago. Do I have this too close to my mouth, Richard? Okay, great. I was just hearing feedback here. Sorry. I won't be bothered by that anymore. So I'm reading this, and all of a sudden, the Lord reminds me of this mission trip I went on six years ago. And like I said, I was not thinking about this mission trip, but the Word of God starts to reveal my motives. And starts talking about how I, starts to show me about how much I wanted to look radical. I wanted to look radical. I was a part of this school of supernatural ministry. I want to look like I'm radical. I'm fiery for you, Jesus. You know? Like a part of us wants to be like, yes, I'm bold for Jesus. But there was this thing where I had this desire to look radical and actually get validation from looking radical more than I wanted Jesus. And he starts showing me that, and it's his kindness that leads us to repentance, right? Well, as I'm reading the word, literally not even thinking about that, he goes, this was your motive. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, Lord. I repent. Thank you, God. By reading this, he then was able to show me my motives, my what was going on. Guys, get in your word. Read your Bible. Read your Bibles. 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 We could end right then and there. We totally could. It's just, it's so important that we get in our word. If you don't get in your word, it's dangerous. It's really dangerous. Just let you know that. 
super, super dangerous if you're not in your word in any kind of way. In the, you don't know how to live a righteous lifestyle, so you might be walking in like crazy sin, sleeping around, whatever, something like that. The word of God says not to do that. If you read the word, you know not to do that. But it also can look like I'm not in my word, but I'm in a culture like this where miracles are normal, right? Praise God. It can look like this. It can look like by me not knowing my word, but being in a culture where I want miracles, I can actually seek false signs and wonders rather than what Jesus is actually doing. We have to be in our word. We have to, guys. It goes both ways. Like, I've seen it. Been in the ministry schools, been in all that kind of stuff. Praise God, we have one, and that's we hit it hard in our school. They're hearing yesterday's message. But if we're not in our word, it can go both ways. It can go, you go kind of crazy, seek other things besides Jesus, or you live this crazy lifestyle. So get in your word. It changed my life. Now you're, gonna, you're about to get a pretty raw journey from me too about how beautiful it is when we get in the word of God and Jesus being kind reveals hidden motives and stuff that we didn't even realize was going on. So you ready for that? All right, Jesus, I pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear this morning. That you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear this morning. That we would be aware of what you're saying. Pray for soft hearts, Lord. Soft hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, this is a great verse. We'll read this. First First Thessalonians 5. 23 through 24. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. So I've seen that in my life, praise God, he's faithful. He who calls is faithful. 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 through 12. So we keep on praying for you. Sounds like Barb. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. Whose call? Okay, it's not just my call, it's his call, right? May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus Christ will be honored because of the way you live. How will his name be honored? It's pretty important. And you will be honored along with him. That's just wild. This is all made possible because of the grace of our Lord God, Jesus Christ. All right. Turn to John 14. This is funny, Dad. I didn't even realize I was going to be in John like this since what you were talking about this morning. All right. So this is Jesus speaking. This is red letters. Jesus speaking. 
Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. All who love me will do what I say, but those who don't love me won't obey me. Is obedience pretty key? Obedience proves we love him, right? Is that what you read? That's what I read. It was read letters. It was Jesus talking, not me. Okay. Praise you, Lord. All right, Philippians. We're going to get lots of Bible. How's that sound? Good. I normally have this all marked. I don't right now. Whoopsies. I might have two Bibles going. I might have my phone and my Bible Bible. Will you allow that? Thank you. I'll page flip and I'll scroll. I feel the need to blow my nose. I'm so sorry. That was nice, Richard. <laughs> good. He's so good at what he does, guys. All right. Sorry, I didn't warn you about that one. All right, we'll actually start at verse 4, Linda. Philippians 4, verse 4. Always be, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that, all you are, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all that he has done. And then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So his peace guards your and that's right. That's huge. Whose peace guards us? His. So when we fix our eyes on Jesus, it talks about that one in Isaiah, I believe it says, you know, when your mind is on him, fix your thoughts on him, he puts your heart at peace. So when we fix our eyes on Jesus, he actually sets our hearts and our minds at peace. It's a beautiful gift. So we walk in thanksgiving, right? Be anxious about nothing. Pray about everything. We'll experience God's peace. to protect our hearts, our minds. He's so good. He's faithful to accomplish these things. So I want to talk about peace a little bit because I believe that we're going to talk about two different things. Um, talk about peace. We're going to talk about some spiritual warfare. Who loves talking about spiritual warfare? Come on, I know people were going to get excited about that. So I believe one of the biggest ways uh, that we can walk in spiritual warfare is walking in forgiveness. I believe this is one of the biggest tools that we can use, but I believe it's also one of the biggest ways that people are bound. I believe this is 100% one of the biggest ways that people are bound up is because they're walking in unforgiveness. 
So I work with teenagers a lot, and I see lots. I hear all the time, oh, I'm so anxious. I just have all this anxiety, da-da-da. Like, it's such a common thing to hear from them. We think about how triggered we are all the time. I have my phone and a tablet by me right now, so it's pretty easy for me to be distracted, right? Pretty easy for me to put my mind on things that aren't him and lose peace, right? So that's one of the ways. I believe that we have to fix our eyes on Jesus rather than just our problems. Fix our eyes on Jesus. And in that, that doesn't mean, I need to have peace. Okay, I need to make myself at peace. That means, Lord, I fix my eyes on you right now. What are you saying about the situation? And when I think about him, think about these things that are lovely, that have good report, all of a sudden he starts to put my heart and my mind at peace. So I believe that's just one of the biggest things. It's simple, but it's huge. Are we actually going to fix our mind on Jesus? All right. Here's an area that got me good. You guys ready to jump into a very real season for me? Okay, good. Me too. Matthew 18. Start at 21. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, Please be patient with me. I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset, as they should be. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man who had forgiven him, who had forgiven, who he had forgiven, and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king, the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. Other translations say hand him over to the tormentors. That's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. It's red as well. It's from Jesus. That's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Well, 
I'll give you a little journey for me. Um, I see healing a lot, right? Because that's who Jesus is. He paid for our healing. Well, this injustice had happened to someone that I love dearly. Love them so much. And I was so upset about what had happened to this person. I wanted... I, I was angry at what had happened to this sweet girl. And in that, I ended up having this bitterness because I wanted justice for her so bad. I wanted justice for this person that I love. How dare you hurt her? And the Bible also says, don't let the sun go down on your anger, for it gives the devil a mighty foothold. So in this, in me having this compassionate heart, and knowing that what had happened to this girl was horrible and wanting justice for her, I then actually let bitterness stir up in my heart and unforgiveness stir up in my heart. And this is a, one of those things where someone should have been in jail for what they did. But I wanted justice for this girl. I wanted justice. I wanted justice. And it hurt because it was someone I loved dearly. And I started to notice um, my breathing started to change. It wasn't like a thing, but I just felt like I could never actually get a deep breath. I, and I started worrying about it. And some of you have heard this, plenty of you have heard it, but I just I want to share this because I believe this is the freedom that we need. Um, where me, I'm like, well, I probably should stop drinking coffee or something, trying to every logical way to figure out what it was. But I had this thing inside me, the peace of God and the sweet Holy Spirit who kept showing me, you need to forgive, you need to forgive, you need to forgive. And I'd kind of just shove that down a little bit um, until there was one day when I was like, I have to forgive this person. I have to forgive them. And so what I did, I ran to the bathroom. I was here and Barb was there and I go, Barb. I need to forgive this person, but I need your help. I need you to walk through it with me. I just, I need you here. And so she goes, yes, of course. So we're sitting there. I think we were in the bathroom, weren't we? Yes, we were. We're in the bathroom. And I just remember it going like, Father, Lord, I forgive him. He is clean in my hands now. I am not the judge. You are the judge. I say he's forgiven on my side. Well, you know, Father, forgive him. He knows not what he does. No, I, don't, I didn't say that, actually. I just said, you know, Father, forgive him. I forgive him. You're the judge. And in that, oh, so I did that. And then, right after, I then had to repent as well. I got Jesus, forgive me for walking in bitterness and unforgiveness. Lord, forgive me for walking in this resentment. And I receive your forgiveness. And right after I prayed that, I remember the peace of God flooded me. It was a peace I didn't even realize I had lost. That was a part of it. I didn't even realize I lost this peace until all of a sudden his peace filled me. And my breathing went back to normal. Praise God. Beautiful. Wonderful. So I had walked through that before actually reading. I had read this verse before, but you know how you read verses, but they don't click? That's how this was. And I was sitting there listening to this message one time, 
It was by Daniel Kalinda, and he's talking about spiritual warfare. And he goes, one of the biggest ways is forgiveness, walking in forgiveness. So I'm listening to this message, and he hits on, if you, ref- you know, this is what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. And the reality of being handed to the tormentors. Like it literally says, You'll be- then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured, handed to the tormentors, until he had paid his entire debt. What had happened is by me, because it says those who love me, you know, obey me, right? That's what Jesus said, right? If you don't love me, you don't obey. Okay. Follow. We're followers of Christ, right? We follow his example. He's the ultimate example of forgiveness. So by me choosing to not walk in forgiveness and following his standard, I actually legally setting myself up in the spirit to be tormented because I'm walking in disobedience, right? So I was legally allowing the devil to torment me, which looked like losing peace and sickness in my body. They're off. I, it started making me think a little bit more of where I'd prayed for people, they'd be healed, but then they'd leave and they'd lose their healing. And it's like, what in the world? And I'm not saying that that's always the case, but I do believe this is the case far more often than we realize. Where we want the healing, touch me, God. But we don't want to actually follow Jesus' example of forgiveness. Because we like to be the judge, right? doesn't work that way. Experienced it. But it just was like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. And it started to change my whole look on things where I be wanted to walk in this radical obedience to him and this forgiveness. So that is a huge way. And we can follow Jesus' example. Jesus is on the cross being crucified. Literally, on the cross being crucified, and he goes, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. He's our example. Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. Sometimes people actually don't know what they're doing. Sometimes people actually don't know they're hurting you. Sometimes they do. I'm not saying that they always don't. Sometimes they don't, and that's when you go, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. He's our ultimate example. Like, we actually have to be followers of Jesus. We actually have to be followers. And I think sometimes we kind of like for Jesus to follow us instead. Am I right? The word, sharper than two-edged sword, reveals your innermost thoughts, motives. He started showing me that more, and I'm like, God, I'm so sorry. Oh, Lord. One of this preacher I listen to a lot, his name is Michael Koulianos. He does this declaration. Our teens will know it. I follow Jesus. I follow Jesus. Jesus doesn't follow me. Jesus doesn't follow me. Okay, we'll do that. I'm going to say that and you repeat it. Okay, ready? I follow Jesus. I follow Jesus. Jesus doesn't follow me. I follow Jesus. Jesus doesn't follow me. That's good, huh? I like declaring it. 
Oh, I love declaring it. The more that you start getting free and realize how kind he is, that he's faithful. God's so faithful. He's so faithful that he would reveal it to me even when I didn't realize I was in the wrong. He's so faithful that he gives the Holy Spirit to bring conviction, right? He's faithful and he's kind. His kindness led me to repentance. And then I was like, God, I'm so sorry. Oh, you're so kind to keep me that you actually don't want me to have sickness. You don't want me to have any of these things. You want me to have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that happens when I walk in obedience to your word. Not when I'm just trying to do it on my own. All right, Matthew 5, 23. Read your Bible. Read Matthew 5. The Beatitudes are there. I haven't been able to get out of them. Our teenagers will realize that. Especially if they interned over the summer, they're like, yep, we get it. You like the Beatitudes. It's the best. Praise God. All right. Matthew 5. We'll start at 21. This is red again. It's Jesus speaking. Sorry, at verse 21. Oh, thank you, Linda. You're amazing. You have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say... If you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in the dangers of the fires of hell. Yikes. Read your Bible. It'll put the fear of the Lord in you. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. Hallelujah. All right, 23. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. And then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Whoa. It wasn't just like here. It wasn't just like, you know, we come to church. It's great, wonderful. But I'm also in my room, the present, like, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. It was like there was an actual temple to go to. There were actual sacrifices to be made and everything. It was a big deal. But Jesus hits so clearly, hey, if you realize that you have odds against your brother, that there's something going on, it is better for you to leave your sacrifice at the altar and go and be reconciled to them. What was Jesus' prayer in John? I'm going to jump back to this. John 17, he literally prays. You know, Father, I pray that they would be one as we are one. Like Jesus is about to go to the cross, and his prayer is for unity. Unity that everyone would see that they're united. Like he wants unity. Jesus paid for unity, and he hits it so clearly here. It's better for you to leave your sacrifice at the altar, go and be reconciled, and then come and offer it again. Oh, I tell you what, I read that. 
And the word of God pierces, reveals things. So I'm preparing this message for our teens. And the Lord shows me this girl that I, I'm going to give you guys a funny story. It's not embarrassing. It is a little embarrassing. It's just silly, but it's probably going to be freeing for people because it shows how easy we can walk in bitterness and jealousy. So there's this girl. I mean, this girl both had a crush on this guy. I thought he had a crush on her. He didn't even have a crush on her, but I thought he did. And because of that, I was jealous of her. This was a few years ago. She's an amazing girl. But I let myself get jealous in that moment, and I didn't realize I'd carried it. I didn't realize I had carried this jealousy, and in our friendship, I had this wall. I created this wall between her because I was jealous about something that I made up in my head, too. How often does this happen, though? And it was to the point where if I'd see her name on social media or something, it'd kind of be like, I don't really want to watch what she posted because I don't want to. I'd see her, and I'd be like, But it was just kind of awkward. I loved her, but there was this, you know, who's had that? You're like, I want to love you, but there's just this little, you see him and you're like, I'm going to go this way. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, Lord, I can't believe that. And he goes, you better be reconciled to her before you bring this message to the students. And I was like, yes, God. So I have to humble myself, send her this text message. Hey, I just want to let you know, I have actually put up these walls in our friendship because I was jealous over this situation. I apologize. I'm sorry that I haven't been the friend that I've been called to be to you. I want to champion you on. You are amazing. I want God's best for you. I love you. Will you please forgive me? She texts me back later. Yes. Oh, I love you. Now I see her name on social media. This is what's amazing, though. This is how you, the, the reality of righteous peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I see her name, and I have, I was, the first time I saw her name, I had peace, and I was like, oh. Thank you, God. Like, I realized that by me walking in jealousy, I lost righteousness, peace, and joy. But once I was reconciled to her and walking in obedience to his word, I had peace. I saw her name, and I was like, oh, what's going on with her? You know, like, I can't wait to see you. I love you. So, I believe that this is far this occurs far more often than we realize, where we are actually in bondage, are actually being tormented by the devil, are actually allowing sickness in our bodies, allowing ourselves to lose peace and joy because we're not walking in obedience to his word. But he's kind, he's faithful. He reveals these things. In Mark 11, 22 through 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen, and have no doubt in your heart. 
I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. We normally end there, don't we? We're like, come on, faith, really believe it. This follows that same thing. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Oh, I liked the faith verse. I liked that one. But when you are praying first, forgive anyone that you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. It's in the book. It's in there. How do we miss it? I missed it for a long time. <laughs> but he's faithful. He's so faithful. So we were sharing this with our VSSM students. And it was beautiful. It was so powerful. And uh, I love it. Um, can I have that mic, please, Mom? Thank you. This is what's so cool. Uh, thank you. I'm going to have my beautiful sister, Cassie, come up here. She's going to share an amazing testimony, too. Um, I love her so much. Oh, I love her. So, VSSM, it's our school of ministry, right? They're, they're trained to prophesy. They're trained to do all this stuff. You know what testimonies I've got more jazzed about than anything else? ones where they started being like the Lord convicted me and I forgave like I had to repent and I had to forgive and I'm like yes God like I was freaking out over those testimonies we had a few beautiful ones and you know why it's so awesome because I believe that people are actually walking in what all that God has for them the joy of their salvation, everything that Jesus paid for. They're not living this mediocre Christian life where we just want something. They actually want Jesus. They actually want to be followers of Jesus. They actually want to know Him, live like Him, walk in the fullness that He has and not be bound up in all this junk. So Cass is gonna share this testimony that made me wanna bawl my eyes out. Good morning, everybody. Isn't she just fabulous? I love this girl. I'm glad that um, Holy Spirit gave you the same um, Capri slack. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dad, you didn't get it. Sorry. You weren't in tune this morning. <laughs> I just wanted to start off by saying that um, it's easy to get offended when you don't know who you are and you don't know whose you are. And I found that it was easy for me to get offended back in the day. Not now. I'm free. Come on. <laughs> but did you read Matthew 18 to 21? Yes. You did read it? Oh, did I? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. So she kind of set me up for that. Anyways, um, Matthew 18, 21. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often sh should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied. Then you got to keep reading. <laughs> but 77, 70 times 7, excuse me. So um, this is my second year in VSSM, and um, I'm headed to class, first class of the year, and I'm crying out to God, and I usually do in my car anyways, and 
I wish I could see what I look like. Not really. I'm, uh, but uh, I'm crying out to God on the way, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm just saying, God, what do you want? What do you want to do this year with me? What do, you, what do you want? I want all of you, Jesus. I want everything you have to offer me, Lord. I want to give you everything. I want your heart. I want your heart. I want everything. And I hear him say, reckless abandon. Okay. So I have to look up reckless abandon. And uh, I get to service and I'm worshiping and I'm giving him everything I have. And it was a great class and I get in my car and I'm on the way home and Jesus and I are having another conversation. And he says, call your mom. I haven't spoke to my mom in two years. My dad passed away from pancreatic cancer uh, three years ago. And after that, um, we had a falling out. And the last thing I said to my mom, because she said some really nasty things to me, I said, you people are nasty and you are no family of mine. And I didn't speak to my mom for two years. And there was a lot that went with that and a lot of hurts and a lot of things said. But it doesn't matter. And my mind said it was about making someone pay. Like, you've hurt me and you need to know. And the longer I wait, the more you'll know how serious it is. Because that hurt. So the Lord, you know, I know I don't have peace when I can't sleep. I don't know who else is like that. But I haven't slept really good in about two years. <laughs> so I'm driving, and he says, call your mom. And I go, huh? <laughs> um, it's 9.38. Jesus, it's 9.38. She's 70 years old. She's in bed. Driving, call your mom. It's... Now it's 9.41. I'm sure she's asleep. Call your mom. Okay. I call my mom. She doesn't answer. And I say, oh, thank you, Jesus. <sighs> but now I've got to leave a message. So the message went something like this. Mom, it's Cassie. I just want you to know I love you and I haven't forgotten you and that I have the most beautiful life, the most beautiful savior, and I'm not who I was. That's right. Call me sometime. Hung up the phone. I just happened to glance down at my odometer. The odometer said, one, two, three. And I immediately thought, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Seven, 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 seven. <laughs> okay. I took a picture of it. I missed the one seven because it had already turned to eight. But that was a confirmation for me. And then I freaked out. I totally freaked out and I called this girl because I thought, Lord, what have I done? 
And I said, I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray for me. And she did. And I felt this peace come over me, just like, daughter, you did what I asked you to do. You were obedient. And my phone rang while I was on the phone with her. I looked at it, and it said, Mom. And I answered the phone, and I said, Hello? She said, Cassie, I'm so glad you called. Yes, God. And I got to share with her the amazing things that Jesus has been doing in my life. I got to share with her an experience, and I've shared this with the congregation, um, of being restored when I saw myself coming into the throne room and how Jesus saw me with my head hung down, and he pinned it to the back of my chair. As Jesus lifted my chin up and pinned me back, I looked over, and Jesus was now my dad. Because I never had a great relationship with my dad. I had hung my head for so long. And he said, no more, daughter. Will you walk with your head hung low? Because you are my daughter. So I got to share that with my mom. She didn't know anything about it. And she said, I hope someday that I'll have that kind of experience. And I got to say, you can. Do you want me to teach you? I'll teach you how to hear Jesus' voice. He talks all the time, Mom. I want to share it with you. You want to come to class? He wants to bless you. And the next morning, well, actually that night, Jesus gave me dream after dream after dream after dream that I'd asked him for that night. He gave me peace and he gave me dreams and that next morning, he gave me so much joy. It just overwhelmed me. Yes, God. I danced in the shower. Come on. <laughs> I Come was on. dancing in the shower, and then I stopped and went, where's my husband? I don't care. Yes. Because I'm pressing in. He gave me the words, reckless abandon. I obeyed. I forgave. And I loved. And it came from a place of love. Yes. And I'm finding new freedom yes. every time I'm running to be obedient. What'd you say, Lord? Oh, okay. Oh. What else? What else? What else? I can't wait to tell you I'm sorry if I offended you. I'm sorry. Because I don't want to miss out on a single thing. It's a little selfish, but I don't want to miss out on a single thing that he has for me. Come on. Run. Be obedient. Yep, yep. Be obedient. Ooh, so good. Oh, so good. Have you stay right here? You can stay right here too. Um, you know, it's so beautiful. That can seem like a freaky thing until the one who's faithful calls you with his kindness. And then the second that you step into obedience, it's joyful because you got free of bondage. So we're sharing about this. Susie, do you want to come up too? Come on. Oh, see, this is the beauty of testimonies right now. I, 
The Lord wants to do it again, right? We overcome by the word, of the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So right now, there is testimony being released, which in this, and the word of God was being released, so your heart is already being pierced, right? Like, because the word of God, it pierces. So these testimonies are invitations as well. They are invitations to freedom that we begin to realize, Lord, I didn't even realize I was in this bondage, but wow, God, I want to step into this freedom. And so I want Susie to share just real quickly too what the Lord did. Because as they were sharing this in class yesterday, the presence of God was like, whoo! It was amazing. And people started getting free. They started getting free and they got Jesus. Well, last Saturday when Cheyenne was here, she, when she was saying her words and everything, I went out to the altar and God was highlighting stuff in my life that I didn't even know that I had um, issues with my mother-in-law, my sister-in-laws. And I was kind of like, pride came in, like, no, I don't. And he was showing me like, yes, you do. And every time you go in, you know, to the room with them, you feel awkward, weird. And you, like she said, you want to leave. And I was like, oh my gosh, I do. And so then I asked God to forgive me and to, you know, heal my heart and all that. And then he just gave me like an image of me of a little girl when I was eight in front of my grandma's house and that Jesus was always with me. And he was showing me that the accuser of loneliness was telling me that I was always lonely and rejected at that age. And so I just asked God to forgive me and I repented. And um, during that week, I text my in-laws to ask them if they would meet me because I needed to share something on my heart. And so yesterday we, we met at the park and I just told them sorry. And I didn't realize I had rejection on me and loneliness and I was jealous. And just a lot of lies just kept coming into my mind saying, they don't love you because you're not like blood or whatever, you know. And all those were just like wilding up in me because I would just throw everything under the rug and act like I'm okay but God's like no you got to face it you got to you got to repent and face it and speak it out because once you speak it out that has no more like over you anymore like your bondage will be set free from it so then that's when I, I finally you know spoke it out to them which I was always trying to keep it in because I thought if I kept it in I wasn't hurting them I was just hurting myself and God's like no but I want to set you free from all the hurt that you carry and so I was just open with them and sharing that with them, letting them know. And it wasn't them. It was all the lies I was hearing. And through all that, I did carry rejection, um, jealousy, bitterness. And I felt so much lighter after we Come left. On. And I've been so <laughs> joyful, peaceful. And I'm yes, just like, Woo! <laughs> Yes, God. See, this is amazing. This is, oh God, I love this stuff so much because this, when I talk about him purifying his bride and calling his bride to himself, sometimes we can hide behind spiritual pride. I'm great. I prayed for this person, this, the Lord did this, he did this, he did this. And we mask ourselves behind this thing of, oh, I did all this stuff. God's moving through me. The gifts are without repentance. But on the inside, we're bitter, we're jealous, we're walking in resentment, we're insecure, we have all this stuff. We're actually not free at all. And so we do this a lot more to try to make this feel better. But really what we need to do, walk in obedience to the word, humble ourselves. Father, forgive me, I repent. And like he said, be reconciled. Like leave your sacrifice, 
go be reconciled, then come and offer it. The Lord wants us to be reconciled. He loves his body. He loves his bride. He loves his children. And he wants us to walk in this beautiful unity. He loves our families. He doesn't want the awkwardness, anything like that. Me and Cass, we were like, we even had a talk of one of those things where we believe in lies. And it's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't even realize that I was doing that too. And I wasn't loving you well. I love you so much. Like, God is so kind. It was when Susie shared this, then we realized, oh no, I'm so sorry. But this is the beauty of who God is. He's faithful and he's kind and his kindness leads us to repentance. He loves your family. He's fighting for your family. He wants restoration in your families. He wants wholeness in your bodies. He wants peace in your spirit. He wants you to walk in all this stuff and it's through the obedience of his word. He laid it out for us because he's so kind. Jesus! I'm so excited. I just get so jazzed about this because I, I really do see the kindness of God in it. You know, your rod and your staff, they comfort me, God. He disciplines those he loves. So all of a sudden he's like, honey, that was bitterness. I'm like, oh, that's right. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Oh, forgive me, Lord. It's comforting when he leads us into truth like this. Woo. So... Let's repent. <laughs> yes, please. Okay, one more thing. Um, God did remind me, you're always praying you want a heart like mine. And I'm like, yes, I do. Well, you need to clean it first. So I had to remove all that junk before I could let him pour more into me Come because on. I was staying stuck and that was because of me. Yes, so... Who's feeling like they want to reconcile with some people? Oh, come on, don't hide. <laughs> These are joyful things. This is the thing that we do. We hide behind shame. We hide behind this stuff. But like I said, this is the kindness of God leading us to repentance. So when you hear this, it should be like, oh, yes, I totally want to reconcile with people. Oh, Lord, forgive me for walking in bitterness, God. Forgive me, Lord. Why don't you go ahead and stand up? I just thank you for your kindness that leads us to repentance, God. Lord, I thank you for the power of your word. Lord, I thank you that you are coming soon. You are coming soon and you are coming for a pure and spotless bride, Lord. Lord, I pray for clean hands and pure hearts. And I thank you that you lead us into that, Lord, that you are showing us those things. And right now, I pray that you begin to reveal that, Lord, these areas that we are walking in bondage, if we have bitterness, if we have unforgiveness, whatever it is, Lord, that you would begin to highlight it, God. If there's jealousy among us, Lord, that you'd begin to show that, Jesus. And I thank you for boldness to be obedient to your word, God. Lord, I pray for faith. I pray for people's faith right now, God, that they would be obedient, Lord. I pray for faith right now that we would be obedient to your word. Faith that we would be obedient to your word, that we would be obedient to the conviction of the Holy Spirit right now. Whew, I break off pride, shame, all those things that would hold us back. And I thank you for this reckless abandonment to you, a reckless abandonment to you, Jesus. 
Clean hands, pure heart. Clean hands, pure heart. So this is something that I'll give you a little example of yesterday as well. So Su Susie shares this. She shares this testimony, you know, about like, I feel like I need to do this. I, I, I felt insecure. I felt rejected, whatever. And because of that, I was walking this way. What happens often is we then will go, oh, you're loved. No, 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 you're loved. You're loved. Which is true, she is loved. But until she gets free of that, she's not going to receive his love fully. So instead, we went, I am proud of you. I encourage you in the faith to be obedient to his word, to walk in repentance, to be reconciled. And in that, his love actually had a place to go in a deeper way. So we don't just empower people to stay in bondage. We empower people to be free and have Jesus move in their lives to the fullness of what he paid for. So Lord, I thank you for faith. God, I thank you for faith. I thank you for boldness and obedience to your word, boldness and obedience to your voice, God. I thank you for a hunger for your word, God, a hunger for your word. It would be hungry to read our Bibles, God. So I thank you for what you are doing, Lord. I thank you for what you are doing, Lord. Woo, Jesus! the joys of loving you and knowing you, God. So if you feel called to repent of something and you want to come to the altar, be free to do that. If there's someone in this room that you need to reconcile with, run, do it, be reconciled. If there's someone that you need to call this week, that you need to text this week, I encourage you to do it. I encourage you to be reconciled. If you need to meet with someone in your family, a friend, a coworker, anything like that, be reconciled. Send that text message. We were getting, te I was shared this message with our teenagers and my favorite text messages I got were, I just sent a text message to a bunch of girls and I had to apologize for being jealous. And I was like, yes, come on. That's the Lord. Like, let's be obedient to him. Let's walk in clean hands and a pure heart. Let's have this unity actual love among us that makes the world hunger for it because it's true love it's pure love it's his love that was Jesus' prayer father i pray that they would be one he prayed that before going to the cross that means it was really big on his heart father i pray that they would be one as we are one so lord i just thank you for your word that was released today god i thank you Thank you for your word, your kindness. Once again, I pray for boldness to be obedient to your word. In Jesus' name, amen.